0: As Nat has mentioned, we are in a new series, Movie May, and I'm excited. This is the first movie that came to mind when I thought Movie May. This is such a powerful movie, Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, so just to dive straight in there, Hacksaw Ridge is based on a true story of a US Army medic, um, Desmond Doss. Uh, We're in the age of... Superhero movies at the moment, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're talking Wonder Woman next week, and, and every other week, DC or Marvel seem to put out another superhero movie. And uh, I, I don't know about you, I enjoy superhero movies. Who else enjoys superhero movies? Yeah, you enjoy, because uh, they're fun. But I don't know about you, but I can't really relate. I kind of know deep down that I can't fly, and I can't make myself the size of an ant, and I'm not going to turn green and, and get massive when I get angry. Uh, I just, there's something about it that, while it's cool and it's fun, I can't really aspire to be a superhero. The cool thing about this movie is that this guy, Desmond Doss, is just an ordinary guy. He's just like you or I, except he serves an extraordinary God, and he's got faith in that God. I love this movie because it's it's about a hero, not a superhero, but a hero who does some amazing things. Extraordinary things because of God on the inside of them. Stanford University professor of psychology, Philip Zimbardo, says this about being a hero. And I think we might have it up here. To be a hero, you have to learn to be a deviant. Because you're always going against the conformity of the group. Heroes are ordinary people whose social actions are extraordinary. To be a hero, you need to be deviant. When we think deviant, we think, you know, a bit bit dodgy, a bit uh, naughty, but actually, if you think about the word deviant, it just means to deviate, to go against what is considered the norm. That's what Desmond Doss, the hero of this story, does. And through these clips, we're going to learn what it is, I guess, to be a hero, to be someone who, who, these three words, who demonstrate conviction, courage, and compassion. Three qualities that I think we all need more of, would you agree, in our lives? And three, three uh, parts of our lives that are going to be challenged. We're going to be challenged in these areas as we go on, in our convictions, in our courage, and in our compassion. So the first scene, we'll dive into it. We're going to see he's been recruited uh, for the U.S. Army. He's at boot camp, and he's finally confronted with the fact that actually he has to carry a weapon. The U.S. Army w- are going to make him carry a gun so let's watch Uh,
1: this is a personal gift from the united states government to each and every one of you a standard issue u.s rifle caliber 30 m1 a clip-fed shoulder-fired semi-automatic weapon designed to bring death and destruction to the enemy this is to be your lover your mistress your concubine perhaps the only thing in life you'll ever truly love fellas let's dance Grab a girl. Don't point your gun forward. I do not want to be shot today. No matter how much you are tempted, place the weapon by your side. Pay attention. Problem, Private Cornstalk. Is there not one in your size? Or is it the color that is the issue?
2: No, sir. I was, I was told I don't have to carry a weapon.
1: Come again. Step forward, Private. I can't be hearing
2: this right. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun.
1: Gentlemen. I want you to meet Private Desmond Doss. Apparently, Private Doss does not believe in violence. He does not practice violence. He will not even deign to touch a weapon. You see, Private Doss is a conscientious objector. So I plead with you, do not look to him to save you on the battlefield, because he will undoubtedly be too busy wrestling with his conscience
2: to assist. Sarge, that's not well, true, Sarge.
1: As you work. Try to sleep in get off me! Get off. Why the hell are you still here? Not because you were. Where's Doss? This isn't good for anybody.
2: Sure ain't what I joined up for.
1: It's not about what you joined up for. It's about the lives of every man in here. And your son. It's time you quit this. Finish getting dressed and I'll walk you down. It's okay, Doss. There's no shame in this. go.
2: I got extra guard duty today, and I'm on KP this morning, so. Can't.
1: All right, Doss. Probably Doss, can you identify the men that beat you? Are you saying that you don't know who
2: attacked you? I never said I was attacked, Sarge.
1: Well, what the hell are you saying, Doss? You bruised half your body sleeping.
2: I, I sleep pretty hard.
0: Powerful stuff, eh? Pretty intense. So often when a convi- we hold a conviction, our, our conviction will come under pressure. It will come under under fire. There's four pressures that Private Doss underwent there. He, the pressure to compromise, to just pick up a gun, to, to be like everyone else. The pressure to be accepted by his troop. The pressure to tell on others, to dob them in when... They had beaten him up. And finally, the pressure to quit, just to give up. I'd suggest that we all get tested in some way in those, in those manners to compromise our beliefs. I think that's, as a Christian, something that we will get tested in. Oh, it's just a, little, just a little white lie. No one's really gonna know. You know, just a wee compromise, it won't matter. Or we're pressured to fit in. You know, to, to just join in that, slagging off someone behind their back, talking about them negatively, just because everyone else is, and you know it'll make me fit in a bit better and seem a part of the, one of the boys, one of the girls, or to dob others in, to take revenge. Man, so many movies these days that it was all about revenge, and it's almost acceptable if you've been really badly hurt, you have the rights. Private Doss, he had the rights. To take revenge on those who had beaten them up. And to quit. There will always be, there will always come a time in your life where you're tempted to quit, to give it up, to just go, nah, I'm, I've had enough. It's our conviction that holds us. As it was with Desmond Doss, it's your conviction that will help you hold your path and not compromise. In life, The question isn't so much about what convictions you hold, but whether your convictions hold you. You see, you know, if you've really got a conviction, it will hold you. It will not allow you to yield. It will not allow you to move because it's such a firmly held conviction. And I want to challenge you this morning. How firm are your convictions? Are they strong enough that they hold you? Because trust me, it might not happen yet, but it will happen. You will be challenged. Your convictions will come under fire. And it's only when they come under that pressure that we really know if they're convictions at all. Or maybe they're just preferences. Just things I would like to think about myself. But actually, when push comes to shove, it's just a preference, actually, and I'd rather not, thanks. So for Private Doss, he doesn't want to avoid danger. He doesn't actually want to avoid going into battle, being on the front line. He just wants to avoid carrying a gun. He wants to avoid killing people. And if you think about Jesus, when he came into the world, he came into a battlefield. The world, essentially there's a battle between God and the devil, the good and evil, light and darkness. And it's a battle that that Jesus ultimately won decisively at the cross and in his resurrection, and we can celebrate that. But in a sense, there's still a battle going on for people's hearts and minds around who God is. See, the, the devil sows lies that, that, that God is a hard master, that he, he just wants, he's authoritative. He just wants you to worship him and bow down and, and, and fear him. But we know, and Jesus came displaying a God, not like that at all, but a God of love, a God of grace, a God of reconciliation, so when Jesus came into the world, he, he made it really clear. He said, you know, the devil comes to, to kill and to rob and destroy, but I come that you may have life and life to the full. See, Jesus has a completely different agenda to that of the enemy. And I love this, this passage in, in Luke 2. Um, Jesus is taken as a baby to the temple and the prophet Simeon speaks over him and he says, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising Of many in Israel. You know, all of you are destined. There's a destiny that God has placed on your life. The enemy has a plan for you, it's to destroy you, but God has a destiny for you, a good purpose. And it goes on, it says of Jesus, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Isn't it interesting that if you hold to your convictions, if you say things, that people don't like, then people feel they have a right to have a go. That if you're a controversial figure, you're going to take some flack. There, we see it all the time. Recently in the media, a guy called Israel Falau he tweeted something. Now, I don't actually agree with how he did that. I think there's a better way to love the gay community. But he was just holding to his convictions, And man, he came under a storm for it. He came under fire. And they made a judgment about him. The media, many people. You just got to look at the internet trolls on there. They made a judgment about him. They made a judgment about Jesus when he came. In this movie, they made a judgment about Desmond Doss. They were saying, look, don't look to this man in battle. Don't look to him to save you. He's not going to be anyhow. You know, when you hold to your convictions, people are going to make a judgment about you. Quite possibly, they're going to make misjudgments about you. They're going to misunderstand you. They're going to misread your motives, either deliberately or inadvertently. They don't understand what causes you to hold that conviction, and therefore, they can't comprehend it. The question is, are you going to be able to hold to your conviction in the face of that? When even perhaps you are misunderstood, and you, or everything within you just wants to prove you are right, actually sometimes you just have to be quiet, turn the other cheek, and stand up for what you believe. Are you going to be able to stick to your guns, or in this case stick to not your guns, uh, <laughs> in your conviction? even at the cost of being misunderstood and and misconstrued. You see, Jesus, as He headed towards the cross, He was beaten, He was cursed, He was completely misunderstood, but it says that He was silent before His judge. He didn't try and justify, because He knew that they wouldn't understand anyway. He just went and did what God had told Him to do, what He was convicted of, that he had to do in order to save those around him. He was humble enough to submit to that treatment in love. Let's go to the next scene. This is the courtroom scene. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, let's go straight to it.
3: This is a hearing into the matter of Private Desmond Doss. The charge is disobeying a series of direct orders from his commanding officer. How says the defendant? Private Doss, who wishes to enter a not guilty plea. Is that so, Private? I thought this was agreed. You wanted to enter some sort of plea bargain.
2: Yes, sir, but I changed my mind.
3: Just like that? You wish to proceed to a court-martial? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, on your head then, Private. Proceed. Your Honor, Private Doss waves his morality at us like it's some kind of badge of honor. He flaunts his contempt by directly disobeying a series of direct orders from his commanding officer when the very best of our young men are sacrificing their lives against... You okay? Yes. Are they still deliberating? [SS2] Yes, sir. Okay, now you go take this in there.
2: I can't. Strictly military personnel.
3: Well, then you get one of them to take it they in.
2: They to help. They're fixing to bury him.
3: There is only one question that any military court need to ask of the accused. Do you deny disobeying Colonel Sangston's direct orders? Well, do you private?
2: No, sir, I don't.
3: Why are you contesting it, then? Why is it so important to you, given your refusal to even touch a weapon, to serve in a combat
2: unit? Because when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, I took it personal. Everyone I knew was on fire to join up, including me. There were two men in my hometown. Declared 4-F unfit. They killed themselves because they couldn't serve. I had a job in a defense plan. I could have taken a deferment, but that ain't right. It isn't right that other men should fight and die, that I would just be sitting at home safe. I need to serve. I got the energy and the passion to serve as a medic. Right in the middle with the other guys. No less danger, just while everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, it doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Hmm. Sorry, sir, nobody's allowed to
3: no, go. No, you on. don't understand. My son is the defendant. I understand, sir, but nobody's allowed to go. I have information. While well, the sentiments expressed are laudable. The facts of the charge seem incontestable, so... What the hell is going on out there? Let him didn't go. That's a great war uniform. It is, sir. Sir, I need to show you this. With respect, sir, you are no longer a member of the military. You are unable to attend this hearing. I'm sorry. Is that truly the way it works, sir? You fight for your country, you lose so much that was dear to you, and then you're done with? The uniform's forgotten. You have no voice. You were at least. I was, sir, Annabella Wood. Twice decorated, I see. I take it you are the private's father? I am, sir, Thomas Doss. Then, as a former military man, you know there are laws here... Sir, I know the law, and I know my son is protected by those laws. They are framed in our Constitution. And I believe in them as he does. They're why I went and fought, to protect them. At least that is what I thought I was doing, because if it wasn't for that, then I have no idea what the hell I was doing there, sir. Thank you, Corporal Doss. Let me have a letter. You must go. Defendant's rights as a conscientious objector are protected by an act of Congress, and he cannot be compelled to waive those rights That includes in this case he's disobeying orders to bear arms Signed Brigadier General Musgrove of War Services Commander Washington DC Colonel I withdraw the charges, sir. Now this case is dismissed. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself. You may resume your duties and begin training as a combat medic.
0: See, it's one thing to handle pressure when it's your friends, it's your family, it's your workmates that are pressuring you. But it's a whole nother level when that pressure may cause you to be imprisoned may cause you to have to go to jail for your beliefs. Because in a sense, it's pretty easy for us today to stand up for our convictions, generally. We don't face that kind of pressure. We don't face, but in some countries, Christians do, the risk of, of prison, even death. What I love about this movie is that not just, the conviction that Desmond Doss holds to but the courage which grows in him as the the movie goes on as the as the the story plays out because he holds a conviction but then he, the pressure mounts the stakes get higher but rather than his conviction lessening no his courage grows and actually going into that courtroom he he you see previous scenes he's wrestling with stepping down, and he was going to make a plea bargain, but he, he just couldn't do it. The conviction, as I said earlier, held him so hard. Eleanor Roosevelt, in her book, You Learn by Living, says, we do not have to become heroes overnight, just a step at a time, meeting each thing that comes up, discovering we have the strength to steer it down. You know, you don't, most people don't become a hero in a moment. It's moment after moment after moment after moment that leads to someone being recognized as a hero. Your courage grows. Everyone here has the potential to be a hero to someone. You can be a hero to your kids, you can be a hero to the, the kids that you teach at school, you can be a hero to your workmates, you can be a hero to your family. You, you have the potential to be that significant person that they aspire to be like, that they they long to have something of in their lives. In the kingdom of God, Jesus is our ultimate hero. And I, he is, he's like that dad. No, he's not a lot like that dad. He wasn't a good dad. You see the rest of the movie, he was a, he's an alcoholic. He, he struggled after his battle in the war, but... But Jesus stands up for us like that dad. He pushes past. He goes into the courtroom. He stands up for his son. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus gives us an alignment of priorities that is completely different to the world. You see, he says the greatest value that that, that anything can have is actually human life. People are the most precious thing. In this world, it's not money, it's not wealth, it's not it's not um, achievement, it's not status. You can chase those things, you can get the nice house and lifestyle and and the stuff, but if you don't have that deep down conviction that actually God and His love for people are, are are core, then it's a life without true value. And Jesus has actually come to restore full potential. In us, to create the courage and the heroism that we see in Desmond Doss and every one of us. He showed true heroism in the face of danger. See, when the when his haters came, when the soldiers came to him to arrest Jesus, this is what happens. In, in Matthew 26, verse 52, Jesus says, Put your sword back in its place, because someone had taken a swing, Peter had at one of the people coming to arrest Jesus. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? I don't know if that was the scripture that Desmond Doss looked to when he decided he wouldn't bear arms. It could have been. Something we need to understand here, though, is that a legion is a minimum of 2,000 soldiers, could be up to 6,000. So there's a minimum of 24,000 angel ninja warriors that Jesus could have called on. But he says to himself, if I go down that road, you know, how are people going to be saved? How is the love of God, how is the true nature of my father going to be known? And so he doesn't. And actually, to be truly courageous, he does the opposite. He doesn't call down those angel ninja warriors. He, he causes, uh, 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 he, he instead chooses to, to, to submit to the authority of the soldiers and to go. To do the opposite of what the world would consider strong of what the world would consider courageous. But actually, it's far stronger and far more courageous. You see, Jesus' weapon was actually his humility, his surrendered heart to his Father to embrace a position that looks so weak, to be put in chains, to be taken, and to be led to his death. It's here that Jesus demonstrates his greatest power, which is his trust in his heavenly Father. Actually, as Christians, that's our greatest superpower, to trust in our God. And you know the story for Jesus. Three days later, he rises again. He overcomes sin and death. He conquers that. And new creation breaks forth from him, and we are a part of that. Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8 says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. You see, you have to understand, back in those days, to win a battle, you needed chariots and you needed horses. If you had those things, generally, you're going to win. But God is saying, no, no, don't trust in those things. And nowadays, what is it that you need to get by? Is it your phone? <laughs> is it your technology? Because that, that, you know, chariots and horses, they were the kind of technology of the day to win a battle. Today, what do we look to? You see, God, God would say, no, don't look to the things in front of you. Don't look to the technology that you can draw on. Actually, to win the battles of today, you need to trust in God. You need to do what the hero Jesus did and to submit and love. Because he doesn't win by using force. He does the opposite. He wins and love, he humbled himself and became a servant. Even, 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 going to a death on a cross that we might be the recipients of that eternal life that he won for us. And in this last scene that we're going to look at, I've I've taken out the gruesome stuff, but it's still pretty full on because it's a war movie. Uh, so just to give you a background, Hacksaw Ridge is this massive uh, ridge on the island of Okinawa. Um, that they were, the Americans were fighting the Japanese, and, and they had to scale this ridge and then fight up above it. And it was a key landmark in, in the final battle uh, against Japan in World War II. And the scene we're about to see that the Americans have actually retreated back down the cliff face because there's such fierce fighting up above them. Um, and they've taken um, some of their dead and wounded, but many are still left up on the cliff, ca- cliff face. And the one man who doesn't go back down, doesn't retreat with the rest of his army, is the medic, the coward, Desmond Doss. With no gun, just a heart to save his brothers. Let's watch. Colonel, call off the artillery
3: attack on Hacksaw. I couldn't call it in. There's still over 100 men left up there.
2: Tell him to call off the artillery on Hacksaw.
0: Abel Baker, one over.
2: Sit down, Jack. I'll get the drink. 好 I got you. Hold tight. There you go. Try now. Try now. I thought I was was blind. blind. Get me down. Can you walk? Hello. We gotta get out of here. Coming through.
0: Where the hell these guys coming from? From Hacksaw. I thought they pulled out.
2: Not all of them. Some nuts up there dragging wounded from the top. Even lowered a couple of Japs. They didn't make it. I'm back with you directly,
0: Captain. Something you've got to see. These guys have been coming down in droves
2: all night. And Hollywood's here. I never thought I'd see that guy again. Come on, follow me. He's right here. What the hell is this? How are you doing, sir? Hey, Cap. Cap?
3: It's good to see you, kid. Come, love How'd you get down, son? It's
1: awesome
3: House slept there. What, well, Alan and did this? Nothing, just Doss. Just Doss.
2: Just Doss. Yeah, Doss the coward.
0: They're not sure on the exact numbers, but they think about seventy-five, at least seventy-five men. Desmond Doss saved. I know. I found that, I find that scene incredibly powerful. It moved me to tears earlier this week when I was watching it. Just the amazing compassion that Desmond Doss shows and the courage. Despite being utterly exhausted, as you would if you were dragging and lugging 75 men across a battlefield and then tying them up and lowering them down a cliff, each time he's like, "Please God, just one more, just one more." It's such a powerful prayer, and I think it resonates with us so much because it's the heart of our God. that's his heart for Timaru. That's his heart for your workplace, for your family. And that's got to be our heart. See, see God says in 2 Peter, he says, my will is that none shall perish. His will is that none shall go to a, a hopeless eternity without him, that none shall perish. His heart is that all people will know the fullness of life, the love that God has for us. This hero, Desmond Doss, knows God. And I'm convinced it's the Holy Spirit in him. And he's praying that whole time. Saying, God, help me to save one more life. That's got to resonate with us, church. We've got big dreams. I want to see this place filled three times over. I can't do that. I don't know enough people in Tamaru. <laughs> but if we catch that heart, if we catch the heart of Desmond Dos that says, God, just, just one more, just this life to know you, then we can change our city. We really can. We need to get God's heart for the lost. You see, in many ways, Private Doss is actually a representation of of Christ. He was a man who was misunderstood, misjudged, ridiculed, beaten, despised. Yet when it came down to it, he laid down his life for those very people who despised him and hated him and looked down on him. And Jesus himself says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Desmond Doss was just an ordinary man who tapped into an extraordinary God and allowed that grace, that power to move him to extraordinary feats. His deeply howled conviction His courage and His compassion are an inspiration. We get a bit spoiled in Western culture. We think the only way we can hear the voice of God and meet with the Spirit is if we have some nice keys in the background and some nice lights and atmosphere. They might help, but actually, for Desmond Doss, he's in the hell of battle, the living hell of battle. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to him. The Holy Spirit can speak to you in your workplace. The Holy Spirit can speak to you in your family. The Holy Spirit can speak to you in any situation, no matter how bad. And I believe one of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you is just that heart. One more, God. Come on, one more. One more from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. One more from, from an, a Christless eternity to coming to fullness of life with you. Today, I want us to take up the challenge of Desmond Doss. Oh, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? And I want us to raise a prayer to the one mores in our life, to the people that we want to see come to know Christ. You know, as Nat said, this is the perfect month. We make this really easy, People love watching movies, so invite them along. If there's a mom or a a woman in your life next week, Maya's going to speak an amazing word on Wonder Woman. And there's going to be some fun times, and there's going to be an opportunity that one more person can come to know Christ. One more person can be saved. Come on, let's close our eyes and just bring to mind that person in our life that we want to see know Christ. And I want you to agree with me in prayer right now. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that you were beaten and despised and hated, and yet you chose us. We were that one more for you, and you decided to go to the cross for us that we may have eternal life. But God, we don't want to keep that to ourselves. And so right now, Lord, we are crying out for those in our world, our friends, our family, our workmates, and neighbors, and God, we're saying, bring them to you. And Lord, give us that heart to speak your words of love, to invite them into relationship with you, to invite them to church, to just to speak of you to them, God. Give us the courage, give us the conviction, and give us the compassion to do that. We pray for your glory, Jesus. Amen. You know, it's easy to get fired up and inspired in this space. It's what we do with that tomorrow, this afternoon even, that makes the difference. Because I don't know, I see a a room of heroes here this morning. I see a room of people who can change their world. Because the same Holy Spirit that lived in Desmond Doss lives in you. And can speak to you and through. Hey, if you're here this morning, there's one more group of people I want to talk to. You don't know this hero, Jesus, uh, that Desmond Doss followed, that many people here today follow. You can know him. You know, 2,000 years ago, you were the one more that he died for. In his eyes, you are the one that he gave his life for. All you need to do to receive that love, to receive that life, is to recognize that you need rescuing, imagine being a soldier on that cliff face and Private Doss comes to help you, and you say, No, no, I'm fine, I'm good. It's not going to happen, you're going to take the help that is offered. Too many times, I, there's the things that, that keep people from coming to know Christ is just their pride, their thought that I don't I can do it by myself, I don't need help, you do need help we all need help, we need the grace of God in our lives every single one of us, why don't we close our eyes in this place and if you're here this morning and you know deep down, you need God's help you need His grace, you need Him to rescue you why don't you raise your hand, I'll see it and you can put it down and then we'll pray together, it's that easy to receive Christ into your life who's here this morning that wants to do that, that needs to do that that needs to cry out to God, help I need your rescuing I'll give you a couple of seconds, this is the most important decision you can make I see that hand that's fantastic. I, I believe there's one more, actually. Is there anybody else? I've seen one hand. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pray all together, out loud. So I'll say a line you repeat back to me. Dear God, I recognize my need to be rescued. Jesus, please rescue me from my sin and all that keeps me from you. I surrender my life to you now. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Let's put our hands together. That's so cool. I'll catch up with you afterwards. Awesome. I'm going to hand over to Nan.